Mark, would you open us a word of prayer? Amen. You can open your Bibles to Numbers 20. We're going to look at some verses before that. You're going to put a marker there because that's the main text. And again, your devotional is obstacles that will help you to grow. Okay, things you need to learn. Because sometimes you think that God doesn't love you because he allows something in your life. Many times... It's to have you learn to respond biblically so that you can grow spiritually. And uh, today's lesson is very personal for me because one thing from my little boy on, my father used to tell me, boy, you're bigger than other people, and if you don't get a handle on your anger, you're going to be in trouble. I remember hearing that all the time, and I, I, I don't know how many of you are, but when I was in fourth grade, I'd have sixth and seventh graders pick a fight with me for status, because I was bigger than them. When I was in ninth grade, I had seniors purposely tripping and doing stuff to get me angry until I hurt one of them, and then it was a case, so I'm just telling you, I understand anger, I understand what's wrong with it, I understand what it can do, Okay? And I understand if you have a problem with it, it's going to take the Lord for you to get victory over it. And that's plain and simple. Okay, because your memory verse is Proverbs 16.32. And it says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit better than he that taketh a city. Okay, talking about ruling. So I want you to turn to Psalm 145. There is a multitude more verses than what we're going to look at here quickly. Okay, Psalm 145. I didn't mark it out. I just was looking at them. So I'm turning to it too. Ready? Psalm 145 and verse 8. Read it with me out loud. Psalm 145. Verse 8, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of what? Okay, go to Proverbs now. Proverbs 14 and verse 29. Ready? Are you there at Proverbs 14, verse 29? I'll give you a second. Are you there? Say it with me. Proverbs 14, 29. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Now look at Proverbs 15 and verse 18. Verse 18. Proverbs 15 and verse 18. Say it with me. A wrathful man stirreth up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeaseth strife. When I read these passages, you know what? It kind of goes along with this situation where no wood is, the fire goeth out. Right? Now the rest of that's talking about someone who's meddling, who's a gossip and other things, and they're pouring wood on the fire. But with your anger, when you put wood on the fire, you get more angry. There is medical evidence, it's proven that when you allow your anger to start building, it's only going to get worse. You ever watch it? You start talking. Women, you're not that way. You cry. You show anger. Sometimes you scream. Okay. But men have a tendency to go, I don't want to hear it. Or enough. Or Why can't you understand me? Okay? The Bible says a soft answer turneth away wrath. 
I have to counsel people on anger, and I can help them because I had to be helped myself. Am I perfect in it? There was only one perfect human being. He was also God, and they crucified him. Okay? Now with that, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Anger hurts relationships. The Bible does say, be angry and sin not, doesn't it? But most of our anger is misplaced. It also says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. That's where men and women can be different. Now, I know there's exceptions that prove the rules, but women, just like men, I tell people, men are microwaves, women are crockpots when it comes to emotional and relationships and intimacy. Okay? Women are also like people who come to a slow boil, but then they don't turn the heat off. What's that? I think anger is pride. Because we get angry when we don't understand and we don't deserve this, and we get frustrated. And thing is, is control is something people talk about having self-control. You need to have God in control. It's the difference between having Him be your Savior and having Him be your Lord. Do all to the glory of God. There is righteous anger, but most of our anger is not righteous. It's sin. Even Moses, as we're going to see, who is the friend of God, that's his name. Moses was the friend of God. Had it cost him something, he couldn't get back. For one fit of anger. Okay, so you need to understand that. And in your, your devotional, I hope this is not the first time you've seen it or hear it. Okay? Because... Repetition is the key to learning. It says here, God will allow in you certain circumstances in life to provide an opportunity to grow. It is important to first see these obstacles as opportunities before we respond. Instead of getting angry at someone or something, we should respond in a godly manner. When we react, that's always the flesh. Always the flesh. Reaction is a fleshly thing. Response is something that you've thought of and then take action. There's a difference between reaction in the flesh and biblical response. All right? How about this? Patience versus outburst. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Grace versus cruelness. Words hurt, little boy. Words hurt. You know, we used to say, sticks and stones will break my bones, but... No, they scar and continue and plant a seed for the person to see them differently than how God sees them. Words hurt. When it tells you to, like apples of gold and pitchers of silver, you need to taste your words. All right, so it's grace versus cruelness. Mercy versus revenge. Got to get even with it. Charity, God's love going through you, versus hate. Prayer versus trusting yourself. There's the difference between self-control and submission to God. All right? So we're in our lesson here, Proverbs, you know, and it's one of the things, you don't, you don't realize how many people I have to counsel sometimes on anger. And every time I do, I go home and I tell my wife, Jude, I love you. So I, one of the reasons I like to counsel people, it helps me in my relationships, because God then has to deal with me, right? Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Whatsoever man sows, so shall he also reap. Let a man examine himself. You know what we have a tendency to do? I was just counseling with somebody yesterday late. 
I'm not going to give you any more information on it. Not somebody from this church. Probably about 50% of the counseling I do is outside of this church. Okay? It can be in New Zealand. It can be our missionaries. It can be in Texas. It can be on the West Coast. It can be any place in the United States. And I counsel people sometimes at 1 or 2 in the morning. And I watch the cost of anger that becomes uncontrolled and is not godly anger. Okay? Be angry and sin not. All right. So we're in Numbers chapter 20. Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, into the desert of Zin in the first month. And the people abode in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. They have been in captivity for decades. Not captivity, but in the wilderness wandering. They've been in that wilderness wandering. This is not at the beginning of their trip, okay? And there was no water for the congregation, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron because they didn't have something to drink, and they were uncomfortable, like because it might go to 78 in the building. And it's the pastor's fault. Amen? See, I can say that because I'm not the pastor now. Blame him. You know what he does? He says, it's your fault we have this system. And I said, yeah, it's my fault we saved money on it all these years. Okay. And the people chode with Moses and spake, saying, would God that we died in... When our brethren died before the Lord. <laughs> when the ground opened up and 3,000 went in because they were doing false worship. Oh, gee. And why have ye brought up the congregation for the Lord into this wilderness that we and our cattle should die there? See, they were really thirsty. And wherefore have ye made us to come up out of Egypt? <laughs> I want to go back to the leeks and the garlic, to the beatings and the whips. And bring us into this evil place. It is no place of seed or figs or vines or pomegranates. Neither is there any water to drink. And Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto them. They turned to the right place, didn't they? And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes. He told them to do what? And it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt bring forth that to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. He's telling them, speak to them, or speak to the rock. And they can see a mighty miracle of God, okay? And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded them. Okay, how many of you ever have tried to deal with the thing, you're handling it well, you seem to be handling it well, you're, you're, you've tasted your words, you don't say anything, and it just seems like you can't make somebody happy. And it continues. Well, this continued for years for Moses. It's like, what have you done? They're telling Moses, what have you done for me lately? Everybody else has a new iPhone. How come I don't have a new iPhone? You see, I'm being facetious. If you don't understand what facetious is, ask Pastor Kenny. He'll go, that's Pastor Legault. He's facetious. No. <laughs> and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation bef together before the rock, and he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels. <laughs> Must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand, and with his rod he smote the rock twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beast also. Now we're going to stop there. We're going to go farther, but I want to stop there. Okay, the children of Israel were approaching the end of 40 years of wandering in the desert. They had been fed a multitude of times in the wilderness. They've been eating, you know something? My favorite meal, I can't have it now. I'm doing, trying to do keto, trying to do things, okay? 
I promised my daughter I would lose weight so I could stay healthy. She said I don't have to shave my head. I still may if she loses her hair. All right? And she goes, Daddy, I'd rather have you lose weight. Give me your word. Oh, I hate that. My wife can conjole me and pick on me about you need to eat differently. And then my daughter says, Daddy, I love you and I want you to be around. Will you please? Heart disease runs in my family. I don't have heart disease. High blood pressure runs my family. I don't have high blood pressure. Okay? I've had a brother and a father both having bladder cancer and kidney cancer. I have kidney disease. Autoimmune. She goes, I need you to be around. Okay. So I have to eat differently. And you say, what about that? You know what it comes down to? I want what I want, and when I can't have it, my pride gets in the way. Think about it that way. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before the fall. He'd been providing miraculously for them. They were provided with manna. Exodus 16. Okay. Exodus 16, verse 31. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna, and it was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Verse 35 of the same chapter. And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years, until they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the border of the land of Canaan. Okay? They ate manna. You know what we do? We complain when it's the same thing. And my chiropractor keeps telling me, Bryant, you need to learn to eat to live instead of living to eat. Okay? God constantly spoke to Moses and gave direction to the people. How many of you wished your car never broke down? I'm taking mine this afternoon to go have something done. All right? Women, it would kill you because it says that their shoes didn't wear out for 40 years. Same set of shoes. Their clothes didn't wear out. I know, you know what the women are thinking? We have a hard time trying to get our husband to change his clothes. They arose when they became thirsty and no water to drink. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Take no thought for what ye shall eat or drink. Basically, how you'll be clothed. You hear me? He's telling that. And so they didn't know. And what they didn't do is they didn't go to God. They murmured. They gathered themselves against the leader because it's got to be somebody's fault. And you've got to do something. Look at Exodus 17. You know why it's important that you need to tell people what God's done in your life and you rehearse it before other people, the blessings? The same way it helps me when I counsel people, it helps me to remember what God has done for me. All right? Exodus chapter 17, look at verse 6. Behold, this is Moses, I will stand before thee there upon the rock and orb. No, God is telling Moses, I will stand there before thee upon the rock and orb, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. They'd already been in a place where they didn't have water. And we get mad when we don't have what we want. They didn't have water. That's different. But you need to learn to go to God first. God had already shown them he would provide for them when it didn't seem to be a, a way of provision. I'm going to give you a hint in your Christian life. Many times God is going to drive you crazy trying to teach you to wait upon him. It's like the stupid Ray Stevens song. Okay? And the heroine's tied on the railroad tracks. And the train's coming. 
And it's not just a long ways off where you can feel the rumbling. You can see the light of the train. You can hear the roar of the engine. You can smell the burning of the fuel. Right? And then it goes, and along came Jones, slow walking, slow talking Jones. Rescued her. And you have that scenario going on. And I laugh, people, I laugh at myself so much, but you got to know something. God is never in a... He wants you to learn to wait upon Him. For the abundance of the revelations given unto me, there was a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. For which I besought the Lord thrice. And He said... My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Let God take care of it. You just need to obey Him and go forward. So you have the command. There in verses 6 through 8, Moses comes to the Lord in prayer and God shows up and He tells him what he should do. Do that every time. If it's not your habit, start to do it. Learn and make it something that you do. Your spiritual prayer life will never become a habit, but it'll become something where you learn to start thinking of turning to God and taking time to think about an issue before reacting to it. We punish people all the time, either by anger or silence. Pull away relationship. You know the thing with God? When you're going away from Him, you don't see Him in your life. But the minute you turn around, and I had this conversation with somebody yesterday, the minute you turn around, there's God. Because God is omnipresent. He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. You just can't see Him when you're going away from Him. And He's standing behind you going... <laughs> Eventually they'll get it. You need to turn to Him question what do you tend to do or what do you tend to go to first or who do you go to first with your problems God had provided for his people and he continues to provide for them even when they don't deserve it there was a message preached to our teens we're going to hear about it okay and it was about the prodigal son from a different way and it was the prodigal son didn't have to go into a sin the father didn't have to give him the inheritance. He didn't have to eat the, the slop for the pigs, but he put himself in that place. And when he came to the end of himself, he turned and went back, and the father didn't have to be looking for the son. He didn't have to. And he didn't have to throw open his arms. He didn't have to. He didn't have to give him his ring. And put, take off the rags of his sin in rebellion. He didn't have to. He didn't have to throw him a party. He didn't have to. What you sow, you reap. The son who stayed, who worked, didn't have to get a bad attitude. And the father didn't have to give him an answer. And try to show them the good relationship. Because there was sin involved on both sons' parts. But you know what God does? He's merciful and slow to anger. Plenteous in compassion. They didn't deserve it. God's a God of grace. Prayer makes a difference because then you get out of your reaction in your flesh and you go into the mode where you're now looking for God to work in it. And he doesn't have to. I deserve to be a pile of ashes and burn in hell. Anything above that is good. I don't deserve to be treated that way. Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. If someone had the control, looking not at anybody else, don't think, well, I know those people, they got this problem. Think about every wrong word you've ever said. Every wrong thing you've ever done. And God says, confess it, give it to me, I take it away. Because I don't want to see you that way, and I don't want you to see you that way. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Okay? So Moses was told 
God told Moses to gather the people to speak to the rock that he should not smite it. He was told, don't smite it like he did before. Look at 1 Samuel 15. You're going to come back to Numbers. 1 Samuel 15. Verse 22. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than what? And hearken rather than the fat of rams. <laughs> I'm a man. Man, when you're a jerk, don't think you can buy your way out of it. Change your actions. Let them see it over a period of time. And then your wife, who senses love through security and proper treatment. That's women. Okay. Will eventually learn that you love them and they want a different behavior. You don't need, they don't need to treat someone. Whatsoever a man soweth, so shall he also reap. I can remember the golden rule. It's not, <laughs> not what it... It's not called that in the Bible. Do unto others as you would have them. Right. You know, when I was a little kid, I was taught in school, do unto others and run like hell. <laughs> yeah, he said hell, yeah. Okay. That's mean I don't, want the, I don't want the results of my actions. Moses does what? See, because God wanted to demonstrate his power. The first time, God had to strike the rock. God had Moses strike the rock. Second time, he tells him to speak to it. It's a special way to let him know that he alone, God alone, is all-powerful, and he could sustain them. Moses should have put his anger aside and let God provide according to his purpose. Psalm 103. Look at verse 8. The Lord is what? Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Double talk of mercy. Not giving the people or not giving to another person what you think they deserve. Go to James chapter 1. I do marriage counseling and I tell men they need to taste their words before they speak them. Women, you need to learn the same thing. Taste those words before you speak them. Think about what will be the long-term ramification. Not just the quick satisfaction of pushing your frustration or your anger on somebody else. Okay? James chapter 1, and where do you think I'm going? James, James chapter 2. James chapter 1, verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved, I love every time I see that word beloved. My beloved brethren, let every man be what? Slow to speak and slow to wrath. You need to listen twice as much as you talk. And you need to try to understand what they're saying to you before you take a reaction against what is being said because you don't understand. How many times have any of you ever had a disagreement with somebody when you finally let it go, you calm down, you ask for forgiveness, and they say, well, I got hurt or this upset me because you said this. And they go, did I say that? That's not what I meant. Or they'll say, I didn't say that. Well, that's what I heard. Well, this is what I meant. I would never say that to you. See, we're so busy to react and think we don't deserve something that we don't listen to what the other person is trying to say to us. How many of you have ever had a dog got hurt? You get near the dog to pick him up and they growl at you. They might even bite you, but they're hurt. But you can't help the dog if you aren't willing to be growled at and maybe to get bit. 
And you'll do that for an animal, but you won't do it for each other. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Those words, so many times my mother used to say, Honey, be careful what comes out of your mouth because eventually it comes back. It comes back. Okay. There was the complaining, there was God's command. And then Moses took the credit instead of God getting the credit. Moses was so angry, he forgot what God had told him to. And what did he do? He took it out on the rock. Moses took the glory and credit away from God by not obeying God. He smote the rock. It was not only disobedient, but it gave the impression that Moses had something to do with the water coming out. What did he say to them? What did he say to them? Must we fetch you water out of this rock? Who's fetching the water? Who's taking the credit for it? You still with me? All right. Several things happened as a result. Moses, he, he hit the rock. He took the credit away from God. It was a disobedient. It put the emphasis on him. Don't you appreciate all that I do for you? For this family? Don't you understand? I do everything. What do you do? <laughs> I had a child one time giving one of the ladies of this church a hard time. And I said, honey, I want you to make out a bill. Make out the bill. You're the cook. You're the waitress. You're a laundry service. You're a cleaning service. You're an emotional support group. Enlisted everything that the person did. And I said, start charging your teenager that money. Tell them to buy their own food. Tell them to get their own way to get where they're going. I'm an adult. I bought my school clothes. <laughs> Where'd they learn that attitude? Because that's the way many times mom and dad treat each other. What was Moses teaching the children of Israel? Unto whom much is given, much is required. If you're the head of your home, men, and I'm hammering men because I'm one. The last time I checked, I've had no transitioning. All right? Everything rises and falls. Military here, we've got different ones who are officers. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If there's a problem in the home, I always go to the man first. It's bad leadership. You love that, ladies? Moses didn't let the people see who God is. Look at Psalm 100. I keep taking you to verses to make you see something. The way God speaks. Psalm 100. Verse 5, let's read it together. Psalm 100 and verse 5. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. You know what happened? And Moses got so angry he didn't, he didn't believe God enough to do it God's way. What do you hear all the time? God is always good. God is always right. We don't always understand. We need to do it His way. You can't explain to a child while you tell them what to do is you're trying to protect them for what they want to do. You don't owe a, child, a little kid an explanation. You need to make them obey. Is there obedience? Is there and their understanding increases, then you can explain why 
That's not good for them. God's not always going to give you an explanation because you aren't ready and you don't have enough faith in him to know. You haven't helped enough other people to know what that cost is going to be that he's trying to protect you from. He didn't let God be God in front of them. You know what it did? Moses didn't believe. Verse 12, And the Lord spake unto Moses, Because ye believe me not. That's God talking to him. And God knew his heart. To sanctify me. In other words, to let them see God, especially before them, in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation to the land which I have given them. Forty years he'd put up with this garbage. He loses his temper one time, unto much is given, much is required, and he's not allowed to go into the promised land. Because he didn't believe him. Moses sinned in that. Well, it was just one time. Can't you just let it go one time? Apparently, God's always good and God is always right. I don't know what the cost of my actions are going to be. That's part of what the addictions ministry is about. God's in control of the results after you've made your choice. Deuteronomy 32 and 51, it says, this is God speaking to Moses, because ye trespassed against me among the children of Israel at the waters of Mirabah Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because ye sanctified me not in the midst of the children of Israel. I wonder if Israel would have been more ready to go into the battle and their fear when Joshua let them, if Moses had obeyed. Now, did they still go into the land? Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. What are you training to do? Lose your temper? Blow your cool? Act in mercy? Act in grace? Reach in love? What are you teaching them? It cost Moses. He was the leader. He didn't believe God. He didn't allow God's power and provision to be shown in front of them. In verse 12, we saw that in Deuteronomy. He trespassed against God. He rebelled against God's word. Look at verse 24 of Numbers chapter 20. Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I gave unto the children of Israel, because you what? Against my word at the water of Meribah. Aaron was supposed to be Moses' counselor. It's his older brother. He didn't say, Moses, calm down. Let's, come on, let's go for a walk. Let's, let's take a breather. Sometimes that needs to happen. I'm somebody who wants it resolved right now. Judy's one of these ones who go, leave me alone. Let me calm down. Then we can talk about it. All right? Sometimes you need to, when you're angry, shut up, get down on your knees, and seek God's help. He trespassed against God. He rebelled against God's word. And rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You must always consider the results of your actions. The consequence of your actions may be permanent. Marriages come apart because of that. Kids don't believe they can ever return back home. The family dynamic is broken, so there's not a, a closeness between mother, father, and children and children to each other. Long-term consequences of what you think is just one simple choice. What did it cost? Moses and Aaron were not permitted to enter the promised land. Joshua would be one to lead and take over. Moses was allowed to see the promised land from a long ways off because God is merciful. For the sake of time, I won't turn there, but you can find that in Deuteronomy 32, verse 52, and in Deuteronomy 34 and verse 4. He took them up a high mountain and he showed them all 
that he was going to give to his children. He showed them. Moses prayed for God to change his mind. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 3. <laughs> How many of you know who Rodney King is? Riots in Los Angeles. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> okay. You there at Numbers chapter 3 or Deuteronomy chapter 3? Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 25. This is Moses. I'm going to start at verse 21. This is God. And I commanded Joshua at the time, saying, Thine eyes have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto these two kings. So shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passest. Because you, you had to read the count. You know, Og, king of Bashan, Okay, and the other one there, these giants. God had done these two kings, so shall the Lord do unto all the kingdoms whither thou passest. God's saying, I'm going to take care of you. We'll defeat them. Ye shall not fear them, for the Lord your God, he shall what? Just got to wait to stand still and see the glory of God. And I besought the Lord at that time, this is Moses, saying, Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness in thy mighty hand, for what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might. You won't see it until you look to God. When you're looking away, you won't see it. God is there. I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain in Lebanon. But the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, Let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. I don't understand when God says it's enough. But it can happen. I don't understand that. God is always good and he's always right. But sometimes God says, No more chances. I'm taking you. Moses prayed for God to change his mind. He didn't do it. So I want you to understand. Not controlling your anger can cause terrible things in your life. See, I've counseled with a man who's been divorced three times. And doesn't know why it was going on. He was ready. Getting suicidal. I can't take this. I can't be alone. And he didn't understand that his problem was him. It's only by the mercy and grace of God that some people aren't alone. Learn it so you're not alone. It can bring terrible things in your life. It can cause you to, to lose a relationship. You ready? Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Let all bitterness... You're offended. Wrath, you got upset about it. Anger, you hang on to it. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. You're whining and complaining about it, clamoring. Be put away from you with all malice. When you hang on to that and you, you project that on somebody else. Malice is evil of thoughts towards that person. Be put away from you with all malice. And what's God's response? You put on the new man who was created in righteousness and true holiness. And be ye kind one to another. Tender-hearted. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I don't think I can forgive it. It's just gone too far. Well, guess what? What you sow, you reap. You want God's mercy in your life? You show mercy. You want God's grace in your life? You show grace. You want God's forgiveness? You show forgiveness. You give it. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, choosing to think better and tenderly towards that person. Forgiving one another. Lack of forgiveness is a tool of to the devil to destroy, to steal, kill, and destroy in your life. 
it causes you to sin. Be ye angry and sin not. It's quiet. Romans chapter 5. We're coming back to, this, to, to Numbers. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, being justified, verse 1, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace with Him. Now you want to have the peace of Him, don't you? Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? There be any virtue, there be any praise? Don't react. Think on these things. Think on these things. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Let God show His glory in your life. And not only so, but we glory in... Oh, we do? I just love it when God allows tribulation to come into my life. Glory and tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience because God's not going to move as fast as you want him to. Tribulation worketh patience. And patience experience and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. See, your anger can cause you to lose to lose godly virtues. Nahum 1.3 tells you the Lord is slow to anger and He's plenteous in mercy. Question, do you think time has a way of controlling anger? I told you before, your brain does certain things. You get upset, you say something, you're angry. It makes you more angry, so you get louder. Then you get more angry because you got louder. And then you get louder because you got more angry. And then you get even more angry than that. It is a chemical reaction in the brain that causes you to lose control. It's been studied, it's been proven. Gee, I wonder why God said a, slow an- or a soft answer turneth away wrath. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Take the time to give God time. There's people in our church that if I'd reacted like some of my pastoral friends in the ministry, they wouldn't be in this church. One of the biggest things I was trying to teach Pastor Gip and Pastor Kenny has learned, they still have to practice it, I still have to practice it, is don't be in a hurry to bring down judgment. Help them to understand. They choose it, they choose it. Have you ever blown up at somebody? (laughs) Someone? What did that do for you? How do you think prayer can help you? What should you pray for? Do you think mercy and grace can help fight anger? Do you? Guess what? Turn to 1 Corinthians 10. I know we talk about types. We make comparisons in the Bible. I want you to see something here.
Moreover, brethren, 1 Corinthians 10, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and passed through the sea. They had a baptism by aspersion when they walked through the, way, the water on walls on both sides. And were baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And all did eat the same spiritual meat. And all did drink the same what? For they drank of that spiritual rock which followed them, and that rock was? Christ. But with many of them, even Moses, God was not well pleased when they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were our examples, intent that we should not lust after evil things also as they lusted. And he goes on through a list of that. I read that passage because the rock was Christ. He was crucified once for me. You know, the Bible warns about crucifying him again afresh to an open shame. Crucified once. This man, once for all. Then the relationship is speak to him. Speak to him. You see the first coming and you see the second coming. And when he comes the second time, we won't turn there, we're going to finish. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 35 and 44, Jesus does the smiting. He does the smiting. Always take the time to calm down before you say something that you can't take back. And it does damage that you don't realize what it will be in the future. It cost Moses the promised land. Moses was still great with God because Moses comes back with Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. Moses, the friend of God, comes back during the tribulation and is beheaded by the nations. But it cost him that opportunity to physically be able to enjoy the blessing of God in the land of promise. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. And all God's people said? Take a break.